Hello, it's David Shirley from Irish Funds. So once again for this podcast, we return to a panel discussion from the Irish Funds online annual conference. This episode from Thursday 20th of May is entitled Embedding Fintech, No Longer Just a Buzzword, and is moderated by Paul O'Keefe of BNP Paribas and features Marie Measures of San and Elaine Mandy of Wellington Management. I hope you enjoy this episode and check back soon for more great content. Thanks, Jennifer, and uh, welcome everyone to the final panel session uh, of this conference, uh, where we'll be discussing embedding fintech no longer just a buzzword. Uh, during today's session, I'm going to be joined by Marie and Alain, uh, and we'll be discussing real-world examples of how they've embedded fintech solutions into their organizations, uh, the challenges they've experienced, the tips and tools that they've used to, to source the right fintech provider, um, and what the shifting landscape in areas such as ESG, AML, DLT means for them and for our industry. Um, so to make sure we hit the right notes uh, through the session, I'm going to kick off with a, with a quick poll over on the right-hand side and just to ask the audience to, to simply choose one of the options on how mature your organization is in embedding fintech solutions. And, uh, and while you do that, I, I'll just introduce uh, the panelists today. So I'm, I'm delighted to be joined by Marie Measures, who is the Chief Technology Officer at SAN Group, uh, which is responsible for implementing the technology strategy across the areas of innovation, cloud, data, and modern workplace themes. Uh, Marie's about over 20 years, Marie, I think it is, in, in, in the technology and operations within the finance industry and has been a key member in Capital One's IT leadership team and Chief Information Officer for Coventry Bu Building Society. So welcome, Marie. Thank you. I'm also delighted to be joined by Alan Mandy, who is the Vice President and Chief Operating Officer at Wellington Management Funds Global Group, uh, and which serves as fund sponsor for certain Wellington Managed Fund vehicles offered outside, uh, outside the US. Uh, Alan sits on the board in Ireland, Luxembourg and the UK, I believe, uh, and with his team oversees all aspects of, of fund governance, product development, risk management, marketing operations and the servicing of fund investors. Uh, prior to joining Wilmington, Alan was head of fund administration at PIMCO for 10 years, uh, responsible for all aspects of fund operations and management of PIMCO's European offshore funds. And before that, he worked for PricewaterhouseCoopers in the United States, Luxembourg, and Spain, with a focus on asset management. Uh, I believe he's a fluent speaker in English, French, Spanish, and not too bad at Italian and Dutch. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll certainly have a, a, a mouthful there with with Alan uh, today. But I think you'd agree uh, there's some very going to be some very interesting insights and commentary today from the broad experience on this panel. Um, as Jennifer mentioned, my name is Paul O'Keefe. I'll be the moderator for this afternoon's session. Uh, I work for BNP Paribas as the Head of Data and Digital Transformation Strategy, Roadmap and Platforms, uh, and I'm based here in Dublin. Uh, one final piece of housekeeping before we kick off. Please feel free to type any questions you have for the panel throughout the session in the Q&A over on the right-hand side, and I'll try and weave as many of those into the discussion as time allows as well. So um, first off, I suppose, let's review poll one just to understand the experiences of, of embedding fintech um, for, for, for our audience themselves. Um, if we can get poll one up, yeah. Um, so I suppose nothing too surprising there, 40% saying they're in the emerging space, 
forty percent in the in the moderate and uh, and and twenty percent saying very mature. Okay, a little bit more in the emerging space now. So. Uh, so certainly not something that I'd be surprised at, I suppose. But um, is, is there anything there that surprises you? Let, let's say we start maybe with yourself, Marie, ask you if anything surprises. And also then even to to lead us in with kind of a, a bit of a description of where does fintech fit in your organisation? Mm, so it, it, it doesn't surprise me. I think, um, I think in financial services, there's um, a lot of talk and a lot of fintech solutions out there and um, a lot of great ideas, but actually knowing how to implement them, uh, particularly in a regulated industry, is um, is probably a little barrier into um, getting mature with, with using fintech. Uh, at Sarn, we we look at it in four different areas. So, um, if I start with our um, client experience, we um, look at fintech solutions, either building them ourselves or or uh, integrating solutions that we've. Um, purchased or invested in um, into how can we enhance the client experience or the investor experience uh, that they have with us. Um, we also look at it from an operational perspective. So it's no good having a fantastic experience if behind the scenes you've got lots of manual processes. So uh, we look at where FinTech can help us um, improve our efficiency uh, and our back office functions. Um, you can't really look in those two areas unless you think about the underlying architecture of how you're going to build all of those solutions together. So uh, we also look from an architectural perspective where we can integrate uh, FinTech in, into the business. And then finally, if you get those three areas uh, sorted, you can think about it from an innovation perspective. So we're very interested um, where could fintech help us do something that's completely different to to the competition um, and, and influence um, you know those three other areas that uh, are well established within the business? Great, and and Alan, would that match uh, your view at Wellington? Yes, I mean definitely, and um, you know as, uh, as Mary said, I mean probably in the past it was probably more focusing on really operation and investment operation. And, and more and more, um, especially the last two years, we've seen really more uh, investment in fintech uh, on the client experience and how we can improve the client experience. But also we've seen more and more on the product side and I mean the product life cycle and how we can automate some of that. Uh, and then I would also mention about, I mean, probably on the client experience, I mean, the two areas that I've seen more um, fintech demand is uh, probably on the client onboarding, uh, how we can actually improve, have some kind of workflow to improve the client onboarding. And then the second one is on AML KYC. And that's definitely an area where, I mean, especially before, I mean, uh, during COVID, where we've seen people try to automate and uh, get a, getting better technology on screening, uh, digital ID, digital signature, uh, and all of that. And also, at one last one, I think we've seen a lot more uh, coming um, the last two years is on the governance and oversight. And with the business getting more complex for Irish fund, um, but also for other funds, you can actually have some kind of dashboard and uh, some kind of automation there uh, where you can actually better use technology. Okay. And, and from your own experience, like, like what do you need to consider when, when, when you're thinking about integrating fintech into your organization? Like what, what sort of challenges are there? Is there kind of internal buy-in that you need to get? Or, or what, what are the main considerations that you look at when, when looking to embed fintech? 
Yeah, look, I mean, I guess it is definitely taking some time. And I mean, we look, obviously, I mean, it's always the big debate about do you want to, 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 to buy something in-house or you want to, to buy something? And I think more and more, actually, because of the time to market, people are looking to buy a solution, uh, some kind of fintech solution. And I guess the first one that we look, I mean, uh, at least at one management, um, it's, um, I mean, what type of service? Because sometimes, I mean, they have a lot of like solution, like software solution, but we also want to make sure we have a managed service and, and we can provide the full service. It's not just buying the technology, but they have a lot actually of work on the implementation. Uh, we also look about, I mean, it's something uh, global if possible, because sometimes some solutions are very, very local. It could be just for, um, you know, Irish fund, it could be just for European fund. We, we try to have something that we can apply across the globe. Um, and then we look also as well, the due diligence, and then um, I guess all the, uh, the contract, I mean, the cost, uh, the efficiency, uh, and, then, and then we need to basically get all of that to get approval uh, internally. Mm -hmm. And Marie, do you see any other kind of challenges in trying to embed it yourself? Is there anything you kind of look for with the fintech kind of an open architecture model or, or, or certain types of, of, of services or how, how they would work with yourself? Absolutely. Um, so I think the first thing to look at is um, how the fintech solution will fit into your operating model. So um, that could be from uh, a service perspective, as Alan said, is it going to be a managed service? Is it going to be something that you're going to build yourself? Are you, are you going to buy the solution? Um, so it's not just looking at the fun functionality of the solution, it's how is it going to integrate with everything else that you have as part of your offering? Um, so that's, that's one thing. And then as part of that is that open architecture. So um, it's, it's unusual that there's a solution that operates in its own right. Um, usually FinTech solutions tend to be something that you would add on to your core platform. Um, and therefore you would look for um, open architecture and the ability to uh, integrate through uh, application interfaces or, or APIs. Um, so that's very important. Also have a look at the, um, the governance um, aspects of, of the operating model as well. So um, does the solution offer um, security um, non-functional requirements that you would expect again for financial services and, and regulated industries? So it, it's not just a case of looking at something that's really whizzy and great. You, you need to think about how it can fit into the overall offering that you have as a business. Yeah. And, and, and in that integration in, into the business, like uh, what sort of models do you use? Because, you know, I suppose historically people would say, well, OK, we, we used to go and just buy and pay for the fintech service itself and, and, and buy it and embed it in. Then, then more recently, you see a lot more investment in the fintech itself while also utilizing the services and even, even fintechs being bought by, by providers. What sort of models do you use in Sound? All of them. Uh, so it really depends on the, the solution itself. If it's something that we think is not core to our business, it's something that we can adopt quickly and, and it's going to give benefit, then we're more likely to buy that solution, uh, particularly if it's a commodity type uh, solution. If it's something we think we can differentiate ourselves as a business, then we're more likely to look at either building that ourselves or if we want to be able to do that faster and have the business agility, then that's when we might look at taking a minority investment in a, 
in an existing fintech to, uh, company rather than doing that ourselves. So it's, it really is a mix and, and we've got all three of those um, in the business. And, and, and Alain, uh, from your side of things, you know, more on the asset management side, like, would you rely on your providers to, to do a lot of this kind of integration work with fintechs or would you do, do some of that yourself? It's a good question. And going back to uh, kind of my feedback, I mean, for example, at Wellington, I mean, we are an investment firm and we focus on, on the portfolio. But I don't think we would actually really, uh, you know, invest in a fintech or, or buy fintech unless it's really an investment as part of the portfolio for the client, uh, if they are least. Uh, but, but I guess that's really the way is really try to partner with some service provider. And uh, I guess, I mean, the issue we have, I think, in the industry is actually we don't have actually a vendor. We can do everything, right? I mean, whatever it is, ESG, AML, client onboarding, servicing. But you actually have to partner with different firm, and and you you actually try as an asset manager to limit kind of those uh, relationship, right? I mean, look, look. I guess the first, I mean, the first kind of, um, you know, um, the first check would be try to see if you can maybe partner or maybe see with your custodian or your administrator, maybe they can actually have a solution and partner with the FinTech, so that's the first one. And then if not, and you have to do, I mean, you try to partner with them and and, and, and try to see, I mean, uh, you know, um, maybe sometimes you also speak some of the big four firm and, and maybe they can actually take the service. And I think a lot of the big four offer, offer those services as well. But we try to see how we can actually leverage and scale the business as opposed to adding 10 different fintech doing different service. Okay, no, that's good. Well, well, I suppose I'm going to put you on the spot for a second, guys. So, so Marie, sorry, I'm going to pick on you for, for, first off. You know, I, I'm sure people here want to hear about actual implementations, actual things. Can, can, can you tell us about a time where, where maybe something worked, but equally a, a time where you tried to work with a fintech and it didn't work? Because, you know, I, I, I think, you know, there's a, there's a perception out there that at times there are challenges with working with fintechs. There can be cultural challenges. There can be size challenges. There can be the risk issues. So if you can, it would be great if you could give us an example of, of, of something that worked and something that didn't work with, when working with a fintech. Absolutely. And actually, my example is both in one. So um, we were uh, integrating a solution that automated reconciliation and um, this, the solution itself. Absolutely fantastic. Um, enormous amount of efficiencies to be able to gain from being able to uh, scan documents, um, take Excel spreadsheets, you know, various sources of data all in different formats, use machine learning uh, to extract the data and then automate the reconciliation process, which as a manual process, um, very time consuming, obviously subject to human error. So um, that actually has been implemented very successfully and, and we're growing that capability having done that. But at one point during the project that looked like it would fail. Um, and it was actually down to the cultural changes that you have to embrace when you are looking at integrating new solutions um, because the team didn't trust the solution. So for quite a period of time, um, not only we were using the, the FinTech solution, we were also manually reconciling the data as well, um, which is good practice to do initially to make sure that you've got a parallel run and you can prove that it works. But it took a little bit longer than you would expect to, to persuade the team that actually that 
the computer is doing the job and it's doing the job just fine. Um, so when you are looking at, uh, at these projects, it's really important not just to think about the technical integration, but actually the change to business processes and actually the consideration that usually um, there's a human element and, and you're changing the way that people work. So there is a change management piece as well to, to take into consideration. Great. Uh, Alan, anything to come in with an example from your side? You know, I, I mean, I agree with Mary. I mean, I think if you want the success, I mean, you need to make sure that people buy the idea, right? And sometimes, you know, people don't like change and they might to use the old process and, and people love email and Excel. But sometimes you need to convince people to use the system. And, and it's actually going to only work if, if everybody uses the system with that or, or the fintech. So that's one thing. I guess to, to give an example, and I know people like to, to hear some, some success story, good example. I might actually take an example. Uh, actually, we came um, you know, from Ireland. Of we, you know, Wellington, we, we partnered uh, last year uh, in the middle of the pandemic uh, in COVID uh, with a company, uh, an Irish company called Chan, Chan Group. Uh, which is actually start actually in, in Dublin and then grow now in, in a lot of countries. And they, they have a system called the core system, which is basically a dashboard. And they actually, um, and, and a lot of people will understand about Irish Fund, but uh, they, they do the, the governance and the oversight of like CPD6, but also applicable to Luxembourg for the circular 18698. And actually this is a great solution where basically they, have, I mean, they use a lot of clients and, and they are building basically some technology and a lot of asset manager can benefit uh, that, that solution. That, that's a great example where we don't have, we actually look uh, in-house. I mean, do you want to create something like that, some kind of dashboard and oversight and governance tool, and then we decide to use a third party. And I think this is really, I mean, it went very well. And, um, and it's a great example that how we can actually apply the technology. Great, great. Well, can I just ask the audience as well here again, well, not to ask, but, but uh, we have a second poll running, which is on, on which area you feel uh, will have the most impact from, from fintech or which area of our, of, of our industry could be impacted most from fintech. So we're going to ask people just to have a vote on that. We'll have a look at the poll in a while. Um, but just as we discuss things, and I see a lot of questions coming in here. I'm actually going to jump to just one or two of the questions here and, and put you guys on the spot. Um, there's, there's a question here. Um, okay, can, can the panel share their views on how boards are looking at fintech? Are they seeing any pressure or focus from the boards on fintech? Or is the main push to engage with fintechs coming from the operations itself? Um, Alan, seeing as, as, as you sit across multiple boards, I might put that one to you. Yeah, thank you. We actually have uh, the uh, Irish board meeting today for five hours, so it was a long meeting. Yeah, it's interesting. I actually, I'm surprised myself and I sit on the on the Irish funds board and also on the Luxembourg funds board and the Luxembourg Manco as well. And and I'm actually always a bit surprised that, uh, I mean, the board actually and, and the director are looking uh, at the, basically protecting the investor in the, in, in the fund and also uh, comply with the regulation. Uh, but, but I haven't really seen a lot of discussion about technology and fintech at board meeting. And, and this is kind of, you know, in my 22 years of experience, you know, I, I attend hundreds of boards um, and, and I haven't really seen that. Look, I mean, this is probably starting. But what I've seen a lot more engagement at the board level is, um, is more on, um, on security um, and, um, and, and, and more like website and, and uh, and stuff like that. Cybersecurity has been a big topic from the central bank, but also on the board. 
because obviously people, you know, they, especially during COVID, it was a lot more on, on cyber attack, but, but really looking about technology and, and moving from manual to automation and using some kind of fintech, even uh, could be blockchain or BLT. I haven't really seen a lot of discussion at the board on that. Okay. And, and Marie, I'm going to come to you. I'm going to, I'm going to merge two questions that have been asked here. Uh, hopefully they merge together. Um, does the panel think that core back office fund engines with an API first strategy, uh, sorry, it disappeared for me as I was reading it, uh, are, uh, something, are, are, are key to a client's digital transformation strategy? And I'm going to tie that one in to, uh, there was another point there on, you know, is the industry uh, now ready to fully embrace cloud? And, and, and that connectivity between firms via APIs out to the cloud. Um, maybe your view on that. Mm, absolutely. So I think first on the open architecture and APIs, unless you are looking at solutions that are the entire process within one package, you do need to look at um, as open architecture as possible. Otherwise, you will be constantly paying professional services fees to um, to perform the integration work that you need between systems. And also, if there isn't that API connectivity, that's where you end up with multiple applications. But between those applications, you will have manual processes and you'll get into situations where you're entering data multiple times into multiple systems. So it, it really is important to look at that um, integration strategy of, of all of the solutions and how data is going to flow, um, how the end-to-end -end business process is going to um, touch those different technology solutions, rather than one of my bugbears that I really hate is when I see uh, a great solution presented to me that's looking for a problem rather than a business problem that's looking for a technical solution. Um, so then on cloud, cloud really helps when it comes to, um, to integrating solutions. And, and also um, from a fintech perspective, most of the fintech that you see more recently has, has you know, come out of the cloud. Um, I think in terms of readiness from an industry, I mean, San, we are cloud first. We are now, uh, we have literally just finished our um, full migration to Amazon Web Services. So um, it is possible to fully embrace the cloud. Um, you do need to look at, um, again, not just the technical aspects, you do need to look at the operating model. Um, how are you going to um, how are you going to manage your cloud strategy? Is it that you're going to look for managed services? Are you going to build the capability in-house? It does change your governance, your technology governance. Um, and they're factors that actually regulators are very interested in. So any cloud migrations, any cloud solutions that contain sensitive data, you do need to make sure from a regulatory perspective, you are compliant uh, with guidelines. But once you navigate through that, it absolutely is possible and cloud enables you to innovate faster. It allows you to adopt uh, fintech solutions a lot easier. And, and just picking up, not on that point, but just on the broader adoption of, of fintech, you know, a lot of the audiences, as, as we've seen from the first question, are, are kind of at an emerging level. How do you go about sourcing fintech? So as, as you said, Marie, it's, it's, it's important to have a problem to start with, because there's no point in just trying to come in with a technology and ram it in for some reason or with, without it addressing a problem. But 
let, let's let's imagine a forum is is listening here or a participant is listening here and they say okay we've got this challenge internally i'd love to try and find a fintech that can address it how, how can someone go about uh, doing that or how do you do it yourself yeah so um i i think there's a traditional route which is you would go to a consultancy uh you know one of the big four um you know they have divisions now that really focus on fintech and, and technology solutions and they can help navigate the landscape and um, help with selection processes. So you are focusing on a solution to the problem rather than the other way around. But I personally have used my network. Uh, so I have a, a large network having worked in, in different companies and um, people have moved on to different companies themselves. So um, talking to uh, ex-colleagues and peers and um, vendor relationships that, that I've built over the years, you get to hear about different solutions. Um, and then there's also events that you can go to and uh, newsletters that you can subscribe to. So LinkedIn's a great source. There's lots of different forums that you can join and, and you get to see uh, news updates in there and reviews of different solutions. Um, and, and usually in you know big cities, or certainly pre-COVID, uh, <laughs> a lot of groups that you could go to where, um, you know, emerging startup organizations would be encouraged to to show their products and and you could see emerging technologies there so it, there's not really one particular way to go um uh, but um certainly it, it's a lot easier now than it used to be mm -hmm. and anything from your side Alain, on top of that no, i mean it's the same for me i mean like we uh i mean it's probably the network uh, I'm, I'm sitting in a couple of industry working group and then i hear from other i mean i i've talk with other chief operating officer and ask questions about I mean, whatever it's for, um, you know, it could be EML, it could be cloud onboarding, what do you use, what tool. Um, look, I think they have a lot of, and, and the big four, obviously a lot. I mean, I guess one thing also to mention about FinTech, which is quite important here. I, I mean, FinTech more and more is kind of bottom up, as opposed to top down. But it's not really something that, it's not the CEO of the company or the board, we're going to make a decision, we're going to use that company and, and do that. I think it's more about, I mean, some people from the, the team member, they want to find a solution, they want to fix a problem, they approach me and they, they want to work together. And it's really kind of bottom up from the organization and people see or we heard about, you know, from ex-colleague or from the industry that they do that, can we look at that? Uh, I mean, we also lot, get a lot of people actually came to me on LinkedIn, but it's not always the best because you get a lot of feedback there. I think it's more really kind of talking to other uh, and try to, to fix the solution. Okay. And, and do you find, or do either of you find, I think, Marie, you mentioned it previously uh, around, you know, working with regulators and, and things like that when you were talking about the cloud, but do, do you think there's any kind of regulatory challenges in working with fintechs or have you come across any regulatory challenges, either of you, in working with fintechs? Uh, so um, in my banking experience, definitely, um, uh, to the extent actually that the Bank of England PRA um, have a team that focus on fintechs. Um, but to overcome those challenges, really their focus, it's less on fintechs, it's more on operational resilience. So um, are you building a reliance on a um, provider who um, doesn't have the, the scale or the financial backing to, um, you know, be resilient um, and, and, and make sure that that, uh, that process that you have is protected. So 
Um, usually there's ways that you can work around that. So I've done that where um, I've perhaps used two FinTech solutions. So if there's a risk with one, then we've always got a, a backup. Um, that it's really, I think, to be honest, most of my experience with regulators is always about balancing risk. Um, so um, they, they have an, a number of questionnaires that you have to work through around how are you protecting certainly business critical, mission critical um, activities. And uh, it's not impossible to embed fintech, but you do have to think about what would happen if things went wrong. Well, I suppose let's have a quick look at the results of the poll as we go into kind of the, the, the future growth areas. I don't think it'll be a surprise to anybody to see data is uh, is, is the highest. Um, uh, you know, a lot of challenges that we, we, we all have and that a lot of industries have, but our industry specifically has around data. Um, it, it ties into even one of the questions that came in from, from, from the, uh, the, the questionnaire. I, I think there was a mention on... Uh, yeah, the overall fear of, of change as our core engines and legacy are very difficult to adapt. Um, Alan, do you, do you see data as being a key area or what other areas beyond that do you see as, as being a challenge as, as I see AML and KYC jumping up a bit as well? I mean, definitely, I think data is the number one. And um, I think it was an article this morning that I think a lot of uh, asset managers are starting to include chief data officer better um, manage and monitor the data. And, and I think, I mean, talking about EAG, for example, that's another one where there's so much new data you know, coming to the organization. Look, I think it's very important that people uh, can better monitor the data um, and, and you know, create some kind of data management. Uh, and I think we see, we see that more and more uh, across the organization. Yeah. And Marie, do you see that, that, that data challenge being easily addressed with fintechs because obviously it's a problem that our industry has had for years the the silo data the legacy systems um have you seen or do you see uh, an opportunity for fintechs really to help us resolve some of the challenges we have uh, def definitely and, and uh, that's where internally we're looking at our fintech solutions that we offer um you it's very difficult. There is this fear, as somebody's put in the questions, of changing back-end legacy systems that have been around for, for many years. And actually migrating old data is, is, you really do need to look at the business value of doing that. So actually FinTech solutions can help um, aggregate data from multiple data sources. And, and, and that's something that we've done internally um, to build that, um, uh, you know, data visualization or data analytics platform to be able to um, see data from from multiple uh, backend sources and, and multiple core engines. Um, it, it's the biggest area at the minute that that we see requests for change. And then I think second, which came out in the poll as well, <coughs> excuse me, is ESG. And uh, and again, from a reporting perspective. Um, building products that, that provide uh, data and reporting to support ESG. 
great, great. And and one thing I've seen like over, over the past number of years is, you know, a move for fintechs partnering up with the likes of the big four around offering a managed service. Is that anything that you, you, you start to see? So rather than you having to embed the fintech technology into your own system, that it's a case of kind of a lift out of a process out to a fintech solution with a, a big four provider. Is that something you, you've seen maybe, Alain? Yeah, no, we've seen that uh, a lot. And I think all the big four have been actually, uh, you know, kind of patterning with some kind of uh, fintech company, acquire some software, and then they provide the managed service. And I guess for us and for asset manager, I think you mentioned before about some of the, the risk of like, um, you know, in you know, um, liabilities and indemnity and all of that. And, and I think people forget about, but sometimes those fintech are very small and big organization are kind of concerned. I mean, obviously the regulator will allow you, um, you know, to outsource the work, but not uh, the responsibility. And this needs to be very clear. You are still responsible for a lot of that work. So you need to make sure that you have the, the, the proper governance in place and the contract in place to protect yourself. And, and sometimes, I mean, those, those small fintech don't have that. They will partner with the big four and then the big four will actually, uh, you know, they will have a bigger balance sheet and also they will be able to invest more on the servicing, uh, which is, I mean, we don't have capacity to, to, to add a lot of people just working on that. They will actually help on the, the managed service and the day-to-day -day implementation, the change management, all of that. And I suppose, like, like I'm just conscious we're looking at a screen here with everybody, you know, working from home, working remotely. You know, we, we probably can't can't avoid a question on COVID in 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 some way on on every panel today. Um, like, like for me, I would have seen an awful lot of exploration going on with fintechs in the in the in the blockchain in the DLT space pre-COVID. Um, have you found that with the onset of COVID, you know, that organizations have, have focused back on their own resiliency, their own BCP, um, and, and, and kind of are less likely to, to engage and try out a FinTech? Have you seen that yourself? Maybe Marie? Um, so to some degree, um, if I look sort of across my network, Yes, um, really depends on the organization. I mean, we, we were very fortunate, a global organization. We had a lot of the solutions in place um, pre-pandemic to be able to collaborate globally, working from home, working from any location. So um, it's not really stopped us looking at innovation and, um, and, and our strategy. Uh, so um, for, for us, it wasn't such an impact, but certainly looking across my, my network, more focus has shifted back to um, operational resilience, cloud, um, collaboration technology, and um, that there has been a, a dip in, in some of the um, solutions that aren't quite as mature, so blockchain being one of them. And Alain, would you see something similar in, in, in your side? Yeah, I mean, I guess definitely, I mean, in the last kind of 12 months, I mean, I've seen an acceleration on, on the use of technology. And I mean, I, I don't think we'll be able to be here uh, without the technology, right? It's because of the, the, the technology that we are here. And, and it's interesting because like some area that I would never thought before, but like even on, on AML and, and, and cloud onboarding, I mean, people now use uh, digital signature, I mean, DocuSign. I mean, I recall not far ago, people were still sending fax, you know, I mean, especially in, in, you know, for some of the funds. 
I mean, and, and nobody, nobody has a fax at home, right? I mean, we need to find some other solution. Uh, people were actually uh, requesting to get, can you provide a certified copy of your passport? No, I mean, I'm at home. I cannot do that, you know? You see actually some new kind of technology to make sure that we can get to, um, you know, better technology to get to uh, certification and, and all of that. And I think we've seen company actually, I think spending a lot more in technology that they used to be, I think because of, of COVID. And, and, and do either of you think that, you know, obviously we, we talk about the connectivity, we talk about how easy it is for us all to be in different locations and, and, and working together now. Do you actually think in a way that, that COVID has made the potential engagement with fintechs easier or more uh, acceptable? And, and even for, for working with fintechs globally, that you, you no longer have to source fintechs in your own you know, geographical area. Have you seen anything like that? And, and could that be a benefit from the, the kind of uh, COVID situation? I think from the point of COVID, has brought up new challenges. You know, as Alan said, it's it's difficult to, to get a passport certified and, um, you know, when banks are shut and, and, and things like that. So it's presented new problems that then make you go and look at solutions that are more likely to be FinTech solutions. So I think it's opened up the opportunity um, by really accelerating some of the challenges that you know everyone's been thinking about automation and digital solutions but um there hasn't really been a pressing need until now and it's really it's really brought that home and, and accelerated it yeah and Alain, yeah. would you would you see anything similar no yeah i agree i mean i think definitely i think we've seen a lot of benefit though, for example i mean a fintech presenting you and 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 there are people from from the us from, from, from Europe and from Asia on, on the call. They can share on the screen the presentation. It's very easy. We don't have like, you know, people in the room in London and then people on, on, on the video from the US. So that's been kind of very efficient. I guess what's been really more challenging is all the due diligence, right? I mean, when you meet those for the first time, those FinTech uh, or those technology company uh, on the screen, and then you have to do due diligence on their technology I mean, obviously people talk about on-site visit. I mean, it's no on-site visit, right? You cannot do that. You need to get some, I mean, obviously reference, but, but, but that's, that's a bit of a challenge, like how you can do a full due diligence, you know, um, basically virtually. I mean, that's been really the challenge, I think, for a lot of people. Oh, that's, a key, that's a key point. Um, I suppose one very interesting question that I see here, it's probably a, a bit of a left field one, but, but, but I see one, there's a shift from embedding FinTech to embedded finance. Can you see this change happening in, in capital markets? So, so I suppose, like, like for me, we've talked a lot today about embedding fintechs into our own service offers. But I suppose this question kind of somewhat reverses that in, in, in asking, you know, if we see a time where we become a service contributor to, to some of the larger technology platforms or providers. You know, we, we, we kind of see growing examples in the in consumer finance, say the likes of Stripe started out as a, as a payment gateway for SMEs, has now really expanded the product offer into currency, um, looking at accounts, looking at even corporate treasury. Um, and their move to kind of be a one-stop shop of embedding their finance product in multiple other provider services probably has really helped to enable their, what was it, 95 billion recent valuation. 
So, um, like, like Marie, can, can you envisage a time where, where our industry becomes a, a kind of embedded finance provider, um, you know, for, 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 for the funds industry? And, and, you know, some of the topics we discussed, like open architecture, can that work both ways where we can now provide our services into uh, some other large platforms or large technology providers? Absolutely, and, and we're already starting to see this being explored, um, particularly where you have the capability to white label the products that, that you offer, um, and then uh, provided you build them with that open architecture and, and that connectivity that we talked about, the integration can work both ways. And, and if you build things with a white label, then all that's required is that that technology can be repeatedly used for um, you know multiple different companies with just their branding or specific services. So we see that we we built a product called Sandot Live, and um, we're being asked increasingly. We never envisaged it, but actually to make it um, you know a, a solution for for other people with their own branding on and their own news feeds and their own. Um, services in there so um, definitely it can work it can work both ways and and Alain, like do you see that and it, it ties into maybe one of the other questions here and you might you might pick up on it you know um someone saying i love Alain's point reinvestor onboarding but but can fintech enable asset management to reach new investors and and to tie that back into even the embedded finance can can we offer our services through new channels that might you know uh, bring a, a new new audience of investors. Yeah, I mean, I guess and to answer the question, I mean, the best way to, to, to share that is distribution, right? Where you've seen like massive, massive improvement um, in, in with, with fintech and technology. Look, if you take, for example, I mean, you know, yes, uh, distribution platform in Europe, all funds actually, you, you all know, I think they, they went public uh, a few weeks ago um, and, and with an IPO and, and they have about 1 trillion of assets under management. And I think they have about, I think 2,500 sub-distributor, right? And they have a tool called Telemetrics and they have an app and it's kind of old technology. And, and this is a great model for asset manager where we sign an agreement with all funds and, and then they work with the sub-distributor, the client um, and, and, and all that. Uh, we also see a lot, but really a lot happening in Asia. Uh, Asia has been um, you know, very big there, especially in the young generation. I think people know in China about Ant Financial, uh, and Alibaba, where, I mean, they basically start to uh, do the fund distribution and they already have millions of, of, of in, uh, investors actually in the funds and, and a lot of asset managers actually doing partnership with Unfinancial uh, because they can access, you know, a, a lot of investors, uh, but we see a lot of that happening. Great, great. Yeah, we're a firm believer in all funds ourselves. Uh, they're a strategic partner of ours as well, so we see the benefit. Guys, we're, we're almost at a close. We've, we've probably got two minutes left. Uh, if I could just pose one final question. Where, where do you see the hottest fintechs coming from now? Is there any region, any any city that you say, if you want to know about fintechs, start looking here? I, I think it's all over. Uh, to, to, to be honest, I don't think there's barriers now. Um, you know, the, the pandemic's really shown that, you know, you don't, you don't have to meet in person. So there, there isn't that, you know, physical barrier of, of trying to get in front of somebody around a table. Um, you can do that all online. So um, 
I'm seeing solutions come from the UK, from Ireland, from the US, um, from uh, Asia. It's, it can be anywhere. Yeah, I think it's about everywhere. I mean, uh, a lot coming from the US and the UK. Uh, I mean, I've seen a lot in Luxembourg as well. I think Luxembourg has put a lot of uh, kind of uh, incubator and, and their support by the government, but, but also we've seen a couple of new fintech in Ireland as well. So this is very exciting. Great, great. Well, guys, uh, all that's left for me to do is thank Marie and Alain for uh, such an engaging conversation today. Thank you all, uh, the audience as well, for some very uh, insightful questions as well, which I think the, the panel managed very well. Um, and, and for me, I'd like to thank Irish Funds for the uh, opportunity of moderating this panel um, and, and thank them for a wonderful conference. Um, and I hope to see everybody in person uh, in Dublin next year rather than virtually. It's been great, but uh, we've had enough of it at this stage. So look forward to seeing everyone in person.